The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Why is this so important? Why did you pick this story? Why does this matter? This is the news. And why, 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 and why it matters. Hi, I'm Sarah <laughs> Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn, what was the top story for you? Eric Holder. Okay. Eric Holder. <laughs> State of the Senate. Where are we now and uh, what's going to happen? Ah, good. Jason. Hashtag Wall Street again. And actually, I'm going to pull out my phone and tweet it right now before someone at this table stew steals a, it. That's oh, a little that, long. That doesn't really roll off Wall the Street again. And Street Wall Street again is clearly <laughs> part of tariff again. You're just trying to steal my thing. Right. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, obviously this a lot. again gate. That's what's happening here. <laughs> a lot to get into. Uh, first, want to thank our sponsor, Brickhouse. Um, so you could either... Does this look tasty to you? Not, you're not supposed to eat that. I don't know why you guys have this sick fascination with this. Because it, it looks bizarre. like broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> why is it bar- bizarre? If you're listening on the podcast, for some reason, in the middle of the table every day is a big bowl of broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> it's not broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> we, we must have someone come and replace with fresh. It is a day, mo- right? No, it's, it's a what? It's a mo- you got to make fun of the wall that's yeah, all a moss. moss wall. Yeah, I do. This is moss. That's all this is, is moss. Why would there be moss? We're doing a news show. <laughs> what, what does moss have to do with this? We've gone terribly off topic. We really have. But <laughs> I'm going to reel this back in yeah. and talk about Brickhouse. Uh, so people don't like to eat their vegetables. It's just kind of a common thing in America. We really don't like to eat our vegetables, especially, it. yes, I think all the gentlemen sitting at this table. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you're in luck because there is Field of Greens, which is real vegetable in powdered form. Uh, something's going on in my earpiece there, guys. <laughs> um, so you can take one full scoop. It's a full serving of fruits and vegetables and got you covered. I will tell you that I thought it was going to be one of these things that I had to plug my nose and drink. You know, just take your vegetables in one shot. It's actually good. It is good. Yeah, it's, it's actually really good. good. It's easy. You can add it to whatever you're Smo- having. Yeah, smoothie, yeah. milk, even water. Um, my, I may have given my son some, even though it doesn't say that you should, but he also liked it too, for what it's worth. I put it on a table and I put it into lines and I snort it. Oh, that's a, that's a great, great idea. They don't recommend that. I put it in a spoon and... And I think I just take a lighter underneath it and then I inject it in Okay. Yeah. Whatever. They, they, right. I'm sure they're open sure to all these fine. possibilities. But Brickhouse you go Blaze. ahead and do your whole thing Brick, with your kids. <laughs> BrickhouseBlaze.com uh, and promo code GREENS to save uh, 15%. Yes, I can never remember that. 15% off your first order or text GREENS to 41411. Eric Holder. Yes. He is inciting some violence. No. I not was, Eric Holt. Not the former attorney general. Who was not partisan at all. No, right? not the guy who was just, you know, in charge of the national police force, the FBI, and and the justice system. No, he would never say, when they go low, forget Michelle Obama, we don't go higher, we kick them. Mm-hmm. Followed by... This is who the new Democratic Party is. And I think we have that, that clip. Let's play it. It is time for us as Democrats to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know. She and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. But Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. 
Fight, 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 fight. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. Perfect. Mm. Okay, so many things disturbing about this. First of all, again, he was our attorney general. Mm. He was our attorney general. Anybody on the left that didn't understand why people on the right might have been a little afraid of an attorney general that we kept telling you was partisan and targeting conservatives. and targeting conservatives, maybe you can understand. So here's the former attorney general say, yeah, we kick them. Uh, and this is what the new Democratic Party is. I just spent all afternoon with Dave, Dave Rubin, and, and uh, we were talking about what's coming and how this is going to shake out. I asked him, what do you, what do you think when this thing plays out? Are, are they, if they don't, he said, I hope that they don't win the House or the Senate. He said, I know that's probably not going to happen, but if they're really kicked in the head here and they lose, that maybe they'll come to their senses. And I... I really believe they'll double down. I think they will, too. They will double down. Well, I mean, that's what happened when Trump was elected. Yes. They didn't, they didn't learn their lesson. They didn't stop and take a look at maybe what they could have done differently. They just doubled down. They didn't ask themselves, why did this happen? Now, they said they did. They said, we've got to reflect and self-reflect. Why did this happen? Well, I did, too. How did this happen? Because you're not listening to half of the country. That's why. You're right. jamming things down the throats of half of the country, and you are pretending you're a superior. One more thing. When he says this, what I think liberals will say is, well, we're just taking it from Trump. Remember, when Trump was doing it, when he first came on the scene... I said, wait, we don't want to do that. Well, they're doing it with Obama and, you know, media matters and everything else. <clears throat> May I ask the entire country, what is your bottom? When is enough enough? We need an adult in the room. We Someone do. has to finally be the adult in the room. We do. So two things. Uh, I, I refuse to believe that this is this. I, so the timing on this is interesting. So the day before Hillary Clinton is talking about an end of civility, she's basically saying the same thing. Exact same thing. I, I kind of I, I think it's too much of a coincidence that this this message is leaking out from all these different sources at exactly the same time. So it just makes me wonder that if there was some meeting with the Democrat, you know, higher ups saying, look, this is our strategy going forward. So if, you, if you're not if, if and he basically said right then that this is the Democratic Party going forward. And you're exactly right, Glenn, when you said that. I, this, I, th I think it's a coordinated actual like strategy that, the, oh, yeah, that they want to that they want to do. You can't have Keith Ellison. As, as one of your, your captains and not have this kind of strategy. The people, this is becoming a, um, uh, I can't remember what the theocracy is, where it's a country run by the worst people. And that's what we're, that's, that's the kind of ocracy we are. Do you remember what I'm talking cacus, about? Yeah, cacocracy. Cacocracy? Kleptocracy? No. no. I think it's cacocracy. Ecostocracy. Something. Anyway, it is what it means is the good people will no longer run. The good people don't do it. It's the worst people of society. 
and they're the ones that are in charge. And we are becoming that, both left and right. With, with this strategy, think about, put it in terms of, I always go back into history, think about revolutions, basically when you've had mob rule. Think about every other time when there's been like a revolution based off of mob rule like this, when it's gone nasty like this. Think about the Bolshevik Revolution. Think about Mao. Think about the French Revolution. Basically every revolution except for the American Revolution, how this has worked out. So first you, you round up the mob, and again, it's happened in every single one, round up the mob, get everybody crazy, get everybody directed at someone, but then eventually it turns back, they eat themselves. It, it's, it's, a, it's a short step but from there before they start killing, only after that, then massive they start killing massive. themselves. So if they think that they're like, hey, this is a great strategy, don't be too um, high on yourself with this because you got to look at, watch your back. The moment, let's say you win, let's say you do, the people that you think are your allies right now will be after you very soon after. Well, what gets me about this is that this, this is coming from the same group of people who want to keep Ben Shapiro off of co a college campus because his speech incites violence. <laughs> well, he's right? a dangerous like, guy. He, right, he's so dangerous <laughs> for standing there and the speaking scientific facts, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. And somehow that is inciting violence. But you've got Democrats, and I know he didn't literally mean kick them. Right. However, I don't, I don't think he wait, meant physically kick them. Hang on just a second. You think he did? No, wait a minute. Stu, have you, because we've talked about this over and over, my radio program, do you know anyone who has given the other side more benefit of the doubt than us? No. I give them benefit of the doubt every time to say, wait a minute, that is a phrase, I, let's not believe the worst. At what point do we see the the actions of the left, the words like Maxine Waters, coupled with their words about the Tea Party, about how words inspire violence, how much more do you see when people are forming mobs in the streets and they are intimidating people in restaurants, pounding on the doors, 400 arrested, how much more do we give them before we say, you know, they know exactly what they're doing? They absolutely do. We cannot give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. on this because I, Cory Booker, so. right after Kavanaugh, Cory Booker was telling people to go up in people's faces. I guess There's I should four so or five. What that we I can should name say. Right so what I should say is, I feel like I feel like he did know what he was doing when he said that. He knew that it would, uh, you know, it it would make them angry. It would make them want to do that. Um, but he he said it in a way that he could claim. Right. Yes, yeah. Michael Reckenwald. I didn't really mean you this. remember the? Did you guys hear the Michael Reckenwald uh, interview I did on podcast? <laughs> uh, this is a guy who was for, he was a communist. He was writing the white papers for communist uh, um, organizations two years ago. Um, he's lived it his whole life. He made it very very clear. They will kill you. They will kill people. He said. In, all, in those circles, he said, we used to joke about it all the time. He said, but many of them are not joking. You know, they would say, oh, if we could just kill this group of people, if we could just kill these people. I'm sorry. If you are in a group that says, oh, if we could just kill these people, and that's kind of a running joke, you are in the wrong space. And I think there are people, now whether he is or not, but I'm sure he's been around people who joke like that, if Michael is correct. When somebody starts to talk violence, you have to take them at their word.
You have to, I think or you're to, in trouble. This goes back to sort of a decision point the Democrats had uh, that you brought up a, a minute ago. They lost to Trump, and they. Uh, you said that they didn't ask the question of what, what happened. What, I think they did, and this was just their answer. Their answer yeah, yeah. was they no. didn't. We didn't do enough of that. We didn't Correct. do enough of they yelling did. at people. We didn't know, get enough of. A, we, they had, you know, they didn't do an honest search. I they think this did. was their honest search. I think they came up with the answer. We need to rough the other side up. Okay, the, we uh, need uh, to do. We we see what Trump did. He was out in front of people saying, "Punch him in the face as they're uh, these protesters as they're walking off. These guys need a beating. We need to be more like that. We need to be ruthless. This is their idea of we need to now be more ruthless after Kavanaugh. This is what they've internalized. And this I think is, the incentive what they wanted to find. Yeah. Yes. That's not an honest search. It's uh, not an honest search. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think, look, the, you know, I've seen, we've said this before. Conservatives say this sometimes, right? Like, we, we get frustrated when we lose elections. The GOP did their uh, autopsy after 2012, and they said, well, they, what we need to do is we need to be more moderate. We need to embrace immigration. We need to do all these things. And, and we were like, this is not what you need. You need to go the other direction and be more principled and constitutional and conservative. Um, and that really never, neither one of those really took uh, we didn't go the Jeb direction or the constitutional direction, mm-hmm. really, when it came down to it. But, I mean, it, you can understand a leftist saying, like, I don't I don't like they're attacking us and we're trying to be the we go high people. And that's not what we need. It's a, it's a, it's an outright rejection of the B.S. stuff that the Obamas used to say this this we, they go low, we go high, which was never true. But it's a rege- it's an outright overt rejection of that world. And you could see today Michelle Obama came back and tried to say, well, no, we never use that sort of terminology. We should never go down these violent roads. Uh, That's not the right direction. But I mean, I think, now look, I never, I don't have this high opinion of the Obamas um, by any means or the way that they did their business. But I think the modern Democratic Party, this party that he's describing, this new Democratic Party, is overtly rejecting even the appearance of civility. And that, I think, is at some level new. Oh, that is new. Barack Obama, for you, say everything you want. He still um, was a, uh, at at least arms distant from this kind of stuff. So there was plausible deniability. There's no deniable plausibility here. They don't mind having their pictures taken in Louis Farrakhan's you know, mosque where he's giving horrible speeches. They don't mind being heard saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to kick them when they're down. That's, this is what's, what's terrifying, that people really need to understand. Jackbooted thugs, for the most part, do not get power quickly. They have to convince enough people to come along with them and those people slowly slide into it. And I, I know I'm a religious guy, so a lot of people who aren't may disagree. But I'm sorry. There was significance at the Democratic um, Committee when they were nominating for the last election, and they denied God three times. Hmm. When they had to take three votes, I'm sorry, there's just two. It's too coincidental. It's like, no, no, guys, try again. <laughs> No, no, really, try again. Denying three times is significant. I think that's the turning point of now this, what seems rapid, but is actually slow to many people, this slide into tremendous darkness. What's, what's terrifying to me on this is that you look, f- like, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There was, like, in places like Washington, places like Oregon, there was never a patriot prayer before there was Antifa. Yeah. That rose up in response. So what they're trying to go against now, what do you think you're creating 
further on down the line. Yeah, you have to create something worse than you say Donald Trump is. Yeah, exactly. That is right. that is the future right there. Right. And if you then, think he's bad now, who's next? Right. And then you replace him with somebody worse. What does the right do? So you're setting up the ultimate populist war. Yes. Left versus right. It's actually what Steve Bannon actually prophesied, which is even more scary. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Back in a minute. He's building all over the world. Steve Bannon, when you look into what's happening in Brazil, his fingerprints are all over. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. <laughs> Stu, <laughs> uh, tell us about the Senate. Uh, it's a uh, part of our government. It's located in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's got 100 people in it. And all, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so control of the Senate is a big deal. Um, uh, largely, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, Republicans have a real a fundamental uh, advantage in the Senate this term. It's a lot more Democrats uh, who are uh, who are available to be picked off. A lot of Democrats in red states are available to be picked off. Not a lot of Republicans defending unfriendly turf. Um, so there's sort of a structural advantage that the Republicans have had going into that. And it's why they've been heavy favorites throughout. There have been periods uh, a few months ago where it looked like maybe it was slipping away and there was actually a chance uh, that uh, the Democrats could win the Senate. Um, about maybe a month or so ago, we did a, a list of the uh, 10 seats that were uh, in the toss-up area. And of those 10, I believe uh, the Republicans needed to win three of those seats to get to 50, which would give them control with, with Pence. Obviously, as we've seen with things like Obamacare, 50 really isn't enough. I mean, even 52 wasn't enough. Um, you, you need to get more than that because there's always the Collins. There's always a flake. There's At least always, on our side. Yeah, and there's, they, yeah, that's true. I mean, the only one they ever had it was Mansion, uh, which is uh, the only one who, who went away on the Kavanaugh. But it and might so, actually, do you think they'd go full on nuclear, even if they just took up, picked up, got a 51 to... But even at 51, I just you always have a, a GOP senator who's willing to ab abandon whatever cause that is. Because there's not, you know, they've they got a bunch of moderates and people who aren't that concerned with being, you know, that conservative. So of the 10, they needed to win three. At that time, the most secure uh, of the 10 was Ted Cruz's seat, in which he was leading by about three points. So the other ones, like... And that was a good poll. Yeah. I mean, their yeah. polls were close, close, very, close, Very, very close. close. At some of them, they were behind, I think, in five or six of them, and up by 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7. Well, since that situation's happened, we've had Kavanaugh, other developments, and the situation has improved greatly for Republicans in the Senate. Um, so let me give you a couple of these races. First of all, we've had two races that were pretty much, I think, decided by the Kavanaugh vote. Uh, one of which was Joe Manchin. I think Manchin, who is already holding a pretty good advantage in West Virginia, I think locked up his reelection by voting for Kavanaugh. I, I think, you know, West Virginia wants to vote for Manchin for whatever reason. They were giving him the benefit of the doubt. If he had said no to Kavanaugh, I think that would have really been a, a legitimate toss up. I think now that one's going into the Democratic column. Same story, though, for Heidi Heidkamp, uh, who is in North Dakota, a Democrat running for reelection has been down in the polls, but could have maybe made a run. She's, when she voted against Kavanaugh, I think that sealed her fate. I think she's done. So I think that's a Republican um, pickup, I believe, which leaves you wow. with eight. 
Ted Cruz, uh, they did a poll in the New York Times uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, Cruz is now up, it looks like, by nine. Several polls are showing him in the nine and ten range as a lead. I think he's going to hold that out. If you give that one to Republicans, now you just need one. There's seven left. You only need one. And I'll give you a nice little target here for the one, um, because I think they're going to get more than one of the seven. But to, to, uh, of the one, of one example here would be Taylor Swift, who came out and said, hey, you know who's, who's really bad is Marsha Blackburn, who's running for Senate in Tennessee. This is a toss-up race. It's been pretty close the whole time. Taylor's came out. You got all those stories about how, oh, well, everyone's registering to vote because Taylor Swift is so influential. Well, they ran a poll, and what they found right now is that Marsha Blackburn is up by 14 points. Wow. Now, it's just one poll. Most of them have been closer than that. But Blackburn's got an advantage there. There's a couple of other races that are you know, super tight, a couple that you know, Republicans could also win. I think there's a chance you could see as many as 55 senators um, uh, for the Republicans. It's probably on the upper end of what's uh, plausible, but could really happen. Um, you know, look, if the, if the Dow Jones continues to go down by a few hundred points a day, these are all out the window. Um, but if everything kind of stays the same, I think there's a good chance that Republicans hold the Senate and expand their advantage, which will give them a little bit more leeway with the How college of the world. How do you think the they world. could win realistically? How, what do you think they could end it up with? I think 50, an upper, upper, um, upper side, they could go above 55. It's theoretically possible. I think 54, 55 is probably their high end. Um, I think well, if they had 55, you could get things done, but you're not going to get anything through the House. Yeah, the right. problem is they're going to lose the House most likely. And if now, they wait a do lose the House, Does anybody know parliamentary rules enough? The House has passed a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's sitting there waiting for the Senate. I believe it all expires. In the ah! oh. I don't think you can pass something that the last House did, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's going to be... They're, they're, if they lose either one of them you have a, uh, you know, a stalemate, right? Like you're going to have, re- Democrats are going to pass Democratic things, re- Senate's going to reject them. The, the reason why the Senate is important, um, first of all, is if you win the House and then lose the Senate, the same situation happens. On the other side is, um, if they win either one of these, they're going to have uh, a power to subpoena. So they're going to be able to, they're going to go after, they're going to start investigations on Trump like crazy. They're going to start all, you know, Kavanaugh. They're going to go into all this stuff. They haven't already. Right. And, and, but they're going to have control. I right? know. Like these have been Republican, you know, controlled things that have gone through this. The other part of it is they probably will impeach if they get the House. If, if the Democrats were to get, the more senators the Democrats have, the better likelihood of a removal. It's very remote. However, if things got really ugly and you started seeing people of establishment types bailing on Trump, maybe they could remove him. Um, I think that's you know, 1% or less, but still it's possible. That you want to I think make sure it's a 1% with the economy being stable. Yep. If the economy took a serious nosedive, yeah, yeah. I think you're looking at a... 50% chance. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, like, there's two parts of the Donald Trump approval rating that are important to look at in my mind. Is he a, a popular guy, and how, how's the economy doing? And if you look at it through that lens, you see, like, Donald Trump's 42 and 43% approval ratings, which are, you know, middling, right? They're not great. They're not terrible. They're not George W. Bush approval ratings. But this is with the economy good. If the economy tanks, that approval rating is going to be horrific. Because and once have, that happens, everybody will bail on the you'd guy. You have people like Stephen Moore, who we had on, who's a fiscal conservative, who is not for these policies and an advisor to the president, mm-hmm. and says, look, I'm really against it, but they seem to be working. So, stuff, yeah, yeah, so I'm just kind of going with it. The minute those things start to fall apart, you lose, you lose your allies that are actual conservatives, and then you just start losing the people in droves. All right, back in a minute. Just see uh, who came out and endorsed.
Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Jason, what was that ridiculous Wall Street, Wall Street again? <laughs> Hashtag Wall Street again. That's not going to be a thing. I so it's, I'm going to make it a thing, and no one's going to steal it. <laughs> no, you're right. No one is going to steal it. <laughs> so um, now this is this is kind of crazy. So in 2018, so if you look at the largest uh, single day losses uh, in our entire history, in the entire history, three, the top three are all in 2018. So two in February and one yesterday. Unfair. Yes. Um, Unfair because if you're looking at losses, it's been at 25,000 where... It's a percentage. It's not as, you know, as long as it's percentage. You're looking at right, right. Yep. A percentage? Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Oh, but this, 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 these weren't the top three percentage points, losses. Right. It was just the points. Okay. Okay. Um, yesterday was a loss of 830. Today, I didn't see the last close, but it was around 5-something. Five 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so two huge losses and really a, a bit... A really, you know, big reason for it is because of probably the most corrupt, most, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe this. Uh, not only just corrupt, but the most pointless organization. Is, okay, it's the Fed. I don't, know, you know, there's, I, I don't know how to say it without cursing on TV. But, um, but it's the Fed. So the Fed is, again, looking to manipulate uh, interest rates. They're going to uh, raise them is what everyone's thinking. Uh, that, of course, uh, you know, drives up uh, you know, loans for uh, corporations, um, which is going to hurt profits. That's also, I mean, not only that, but we're looking at increased prices in general because of hashtag tariffageddon. Um, so all these things are kind of coming to, you know, together. If we were talking about, you know, if the, if the economy tanks, I mean, we could be looking at, I mean, it's really, if you look at the cycle, recession is in our forecast. Oh, we're, we're overdue. Yeah, I mean, it should have happened a long time yeah. ago. So, I mean, it could be coming. I mean, really, we could be looking at just all of a sudden out of nowhere, everyone's starting to feel this and the recession hitting us hard. So I have to um, tepidly disagree with you. I, I, I should have known better to get into the economy because I know that you're going to like... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's why I say tepidly because I don't know. I mean, we talked to Stephen Moore today and he said, I don't really know what's happening. We're in uncharted territory. Um, the Fed has been raising interest rates. This is just another one. It's, it's almost... Baked in, we know they're going to continue to raise interest rates. It doesn't make sense that this is caused by an interest rate um, shock because nobody's surprised by that. We all know interest rates are going to go up. Um, what's interesting here is the flight of money. Where is the money going? Uh, we saw a spike in gold yesterday, but Bitcoin and cryptos went down. The stocks went down. Bonds went down. Where's the safe haven? That's what's scary. Um, and the fact that nobody really even knows what's causing this. I think, my guess, is you're right about a recession. We all know it's cyclical. We now know the Fed's not going to catch it. We also, smart people know, the Fed can no longer catch it. If, if we're out of magic bullets, if it crashes deeply this time, the Fed can't print more money. You just can't do it anymore. Okay? So we have this sense that the country is unstable. We're, we're going into an election. Uh, if this election swings the other way, 
we could be in real we can be in real trouble politically we can have chaos uh, on the streets i don't i don't know what's coming and i think any little bubble is spooking the market and they're like you know i'm going to grab my money right now it's just there's so many i can't remember i haven't been i haven't been following this this closely except you know beyond the past like 5 years or so but i can in, the, in these past 5 years i can't think of so many danger signs that are out there like yeah. we've talked about global uh, record amounts of global debt out there. Um, countries that you know we gave off these loans to and gave money to when we were during the print, you know, a Palooza after 2008. Like a they're lot of those went to emerging uh, markets, like down mm-hmm. in South America, places like Turkey. Mm-hmm. Now their currencies, their currencies are starting to tank, while the U.S. currency is skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. There's Bad. so many. Yeah, Bad for them. So I mean, I, you yeah. have, you also have you have Italy on the brink. Um, you have Turkey on the brink. Nobody was talking about Turkey. Mm-hmm. Turkey's on the brink. You have. We talked to Michael uh, to uh, um, Moore. Uh, Simpson. No, the Stephen uh, Moore. Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Moore. We talked to Robert Moore. We asked him what it was like to ski, and then we also talked to him about <laughs> the economy. Um, but we 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 talked to um, uh, Stephen top. Moore uh, <laughs> about. I asked him what is this cost by? I don't know. One of the things, Glenn, that could be playing a role is oil. Oil prices have spiked to $80 a barrel. That is remarkable. We were at $30 a barrel. And sanctions haven't hit Iran yet. They're going to go further. Right. My question to him was, what's changed? He said, well, the sanctions, but they haven't really hit yet. So I don't know. We're not live. We are living in a postmodern economy as well. Nothing is attached to anything. Nothing, there's no reason that you can say, well, earnings are down or this is spiking because of this. It's just, it's just all a show. Yeah, look, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. I mean, I will say that I think tariffageddon does have a big role in this. I mean, you know, tariffageddon has these policies where they said, again, we were told, hey, what he's going to do is put on a 20% tariff on, or 25% tariff on, on steel, and then he's going to use that to renegotiate these big trade deals. Well, he renegotiated the trade dealers, and, and, the, and, the, and Canada and Mexico are still facing these tariffs. Yeah, and they're um, going to stay. And, and it seems like he wants to stay. Again, he likes this stuff. He's even said, look, I'm doing these things. You know what's going to happen in the short term? You're going to feel some pain, but we're going to win the trade war. He's, his own stated policy is to bring pain to our economy. He's just saying by the end of it, we'll come out on top. So I think this, is, this, this, this sows discord throughout the economy. Other countries don't know what to do. People don't, businesses don't know where to put their money. They don't know how it's going to be affected. It's a real negative thing, and this is why you don't go down these roads. There's, the, there's no reason for this. And Trump is putting his own political future in jeopardy by what he's doing. He, you know, if this economy stays strong, he'll roll in 2022 re-election. But if it doesn't, and, he, and these things take effect, it will be interesting to see how much stomach he has for his protectionism. Because if the economy starts tanking, even if you don't believe this is the cause, it's going to be the consensus cause. Uh, and at the end of the day, does he pull back on those yes. things? Because he'll get a nice sugar rush out of the economy if he pulls those tariffs off. So we'll see. We, you know, I mean, I, there's a lot to be seen here. I don't know how it's going to end up, but I do think that that is, that is a, a big part of, of what we're seeing. And here. more than the Fed as well, I think, is, uh, is our debt. I mean, the debt is, yeah, it's, I the mean, debt is just out of control. And by the way, is, you know, Republican Senate, they, Republican House, yes. Republican President, they're adding on to it at they levels that we would have never accepted from Barack Obama. Yeah. And it's point, we should, we've made the point before, but we should continue to make it. Yes. 
those of you who are watching and or listening, remember you can tweet us your questions and comments using the hashtag TheBlazeY. For you podcast listeners, that's TheBlazeWHY. Uh, not a cop says, good God, Playboy.com gained so much credibility after uh, watching <laughs> Dr. So. Uh, she is giving a real scientific view of the transgender issues. I want to read more, but I'll have to explain to my wife why the site is in my browser history. <laughs> That's a great point. You can read those things <clears throat> not at Playboy.com, too. I mean, she's written a lot, um, and she's, she's, great. she's yeah. really brilliant. Yeah. She's really brilliant. And today's poll, in your opinion, were Eric Holder's comments inciting violence? Let us know at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. I don't think they were. I think, I, I think it's a reflection of all of these people incentivized to look as tough as possible to get their 2020 Jason? nod. I, I think it's a strategy, and I, I definitely think it's inciting violence. If it wasn't, they would, they would actually denounce the people that are actually doing violence, yes. but they're not. But they're they're enabling them. Sarah? Yeah. Uh, I think that he... I'm torn. I think that he doesn't want people to physically, you know, commit any kind of violence. But I think he also knew that that would it would be interpreted that way. He just didn't care. I mean, I think look to win the the Democratic primary in twenty for twenty twenty, the craziest person out there who can make that mark. They're all racing that way. That's why Cory Booker is Spartacus. It's why Avenatti's saying five million crazy things. They're all competing to be as nuts left as possible to bring in those activists. And so the incentives are all wrong uh, for civility. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is it for us. We will see you guys tomorrow. I think is St- Steve Dace is going to be on. Oh, Steve oh, nice. Dace is going to be on radio tomorrow. It's going to be a really good radio. He's going to be on here tomorrow, too, with us? That's, that's yeah, what nice. I was told. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. he's going to be here, and he's also going to be on the radio tomorrow. All right, so we'll look forward to that. See you guys tomorrow. Go Eagles. Ooh, yeah, go away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>